Hi, I'm Jason. I'm Scott. Welcome to Skipped On Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. This episode, we're going to be looking at Peter Gabriel's song, Sky Blue, off his 2002 album, Up. So today's episode is 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 special. I mean, obviously, all the episodes that we make are special for us, but uh, but this one is particularly special because Peter Gabriel is uh, one of the first artists that we, Jason and I, kind of connected on when we first met. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird story. Um, Scott was working at a record store. I dropped off a job application, and to help kind of weed through the applicants. Uh, and, and I don't, I, I don't think this is like a formal thing. I think Scott was just like, this is a great idea that I'm just going to do. Um, it was right down your top 10 favorite albums and number one being, I, I'm sure you were probably shocked to see this as like this high school kid coming in. Number one, I put down Peter Gabriel's Us album yes, as, my, yes. as my number one favorite album. And then I, I like, I don't remember if it was you who called me or, or when I talked to you next, but I remember you being like crazy excited to talk. <laughs> about Peter Gabriel with me. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like it's it's Peter Gabriel's one of those guys who like most people know his name. Like, you know, he's had some fairly big hits even here in America and uh, and he had some time with 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 his other band Genesis and so it's like Peter Gabriel's name is fairly well known, but Peter, people don't really people our age at the time certainly didn't like listen yeah, to Yeah, and Gabriel. for and for somebody to be like this is your favorite This is your favorite? <laughs> like are you sure number 1, you know, and um and and it's funny because now you know, obviously, many years later, like maybe Peter Gabriel's Us is not would be not number one on your favorite top ten albums of all time, but it's probably still on the list, you know. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that you know how how that kind of stays with you and and whatever. But yeah, when when Jason and I first met, that this was like one we, of the we first bonded things we over Peter Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> so now here we are, many years later, doing a podcast. Which obviously, if we were to travel back in time and talk to our former selves, it'd be like this is podcast, like. <laughs> What? <laughs> what is a podcast? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but this this episode is particularly special for us because uh, we're huge Peter Gabriel fans and um, big fans of of this record uh, that we're talking about today, which is Up, um, uh, and and this song and and just everything basically. So um, yeah, we're 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 super excited to to talk about Peter and his 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 very interesting take on writing music and creating music and and all that. So Peter Gabriel got started in music pretty early. Um, he was one of the founding members of a pretty famous band that you've probably heard of, whether you even knew Peter Gabriel was in the band at the time. <laughs> you know, some, I, I know when I first heard of the, the band, which is Genesis, um, I knew it as Phil, Phil Collins as the vocalist. So, yep. so getting into Peter Gabriel and realizing what he had this whole other life in this band <laughs> that sounds nothing like it, you know, did 
during some of the Phil Collins years. But um, so in high school, he's, um, you know, at this private kind of elite school, um, meets some of the other founding Genesis members. We won't delve into that. I'm sure we're eventually going to do a, a Genesis episode. <laughs> um, but he's he's a young high school kid, starts his band. Um, the band is uh, very artsy, progressive rock. Um, Peter Gabriel becomes this very theatrical frontman, uh, putting on all kinds of costumes, creating all these um, elaborate characters and stories when he's on stage. And that's what the band becomes pretty well known for they're they're pretty popular in europe and get more popular um in europe and in the uk um and kind of as they're rising up um releasing you know albums that continually get more popular um and then finally in in 1974 they released this double album lamb lies down on broadway um which is kind of their their biggest album to date um peter gabriel kind of abruptly leaves the band um, he's married at the time. Um, his wife has uh, difficulties with with the pregnancy, and I think fears of you know losing the child. Um, so so Peter was kind of detached between trying to record this album and get ready to tour behind it and his family life. Um, and and there's other tensions in the band. So he ends up leaving the band and embarking on a solo career. You have to imagine Peter Gabriel, you know, uh, he, he from high school until his mid-20s, he's in this fairly famous rock band, um, you know, touring and, you know, making tons of money and doing his doing his rock star kind of thing and uh, sure genesis at the time wasn't like you know the beatles or anything but they were they were very popular and 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 successful and so uh peter you know uh he he leaves the band and he finds himself caring for his for his wife and his and his child and all this stuff and uh decides that he wants to start making some 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 of his own music but uh when you've been in you know one band since high school until your mid-20s it's kind of like well, where do you begin so uh peter gabriel kind of started from the genesis sound and kind of started to think about like how he could sort of bring that into his own you know, solo sound. So Peter Gabriel's first album, which came out in 1977, uh, which is self-titled, just Peter Gabriel, um, had one pretty big hit on it, uh, which he actually still plays today in all of his live sets and everything called Salisbury Hill, um, which is actually about leaving Genesis. It's actually a very meta song (laughs) where he's like, I have a solo album and now I'm going to write a song about how I just left Genesis. But the album as a whole is kind of weird. It's, it's all it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all yeah. over the place. It, yep. There's there's not much um, you know uh, people who are big fans of like the pop sound of Peter Gabriel. Aside from Salisbury Hill, you're not going to find much on the record that you're going to really dig. Yeah, and there's there's carryover Genesis stuff. There's, yeah, there's a song Moribund the Burgermeister, which 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 is sounds <laughs> sounds exactly like the title. <laughs> and and so yeah, you get the sense that he's trying to figure out what his voice is, and um, and a lot of the 
Genesis stuff, the band was writing the majority of um, the music, and you know Peter Gabriel was mainly a lot of the the lyrical stuff, and then the um, show and, and, itself, and the show, yeah, yeah. The, the theatrics and coming up with you know characters, costumes, and and that kind of visualization. Um, so it's interesting to think about as a, um, a musician suddenly figuring out like what. What are my instruments beyond like voice and right. you know pl- playing piano? Where you know I had this awesome band of amazing yeah. musicians. Yeah, like how can you how can you be in Genesis and then just not be in Genesis anymore and like and just you know just just acclimating yourself to that with you're like surrounded by some of the greatest musicians that rock music has ever known and then all of a sudden just ha- not having them there anymore yeah, as like so a safety I, net. Yeah, I feel like when you listen to that first album it sounds like oh should I go this way? Am I, should I <laughs> yeah. go over here? What do I yeah, what do I need? Yeah. So uh, so very quickly, um, especially for Peter Gabriel, he follows up a year later with a second uh, self-titled album called also Peter Gabriel <laughs> um, that has a couple of, it's a little bit more focused. Um, it definitely shows that he is trying to take He's trying to move away from the Genesis progressive, weird, you know, over the top sound to something that's a little bit more accessible, a little bit more pop rock kind of stuff. Yeah, there's it's experimental to a degree. Um, Robert Fripp produced the album. So anyone that's familiar with King Crimson um, or any of. His Robert Fripp's stuff. looping, you yeah, know, other experimental yeah. stuff, but it's much more of like a nuance kind of setting, more of an atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some yeah, know, radio like, friendly songs. Yeah, DIY and On the Air are are not exactly Peter Gabriel's most signature songs, but they at least give you an idea of the direction that he's actually starting to head in as far as creating what Peter Gabriel alone sounds like instead of Peter Gabriel frontman of Genesis. So um, two years after that, in 1980, he releases yet another self-titled album. You're, you're starting to sense a trend here. So uh, this is his third album that does not have a title, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, so in 1980, he releases his third album, and uh, it, it, it actually has some uh, some meat to it. Like It actually starts to sound like Peter Gabriel as we know him today. Yeah, very, very percussive. The opening track is Intruder. Um, interestingly enough, Phil Collins, who was his former bandmate, <laughs> play, plays drums, but it's all like snares and toms. He was like, no, no cymbals. Yep. So you get this very dark, deep sound. I'd mentioned atmosphere on the second album, and that's what you get more of on this third album, where it's this very primitive, tribal, almost yeah. kind of sounds. Um, when uh, it, interesting uh, enough, if you if you buy Peter Gabriel's first collection, um, sixteen Golden Greats, I think mm, it is. Yep. Uh, if you buy that, uh, it has Salisbury Hill, which you know is from the first record, and then skips over. The, the next record completely. I don't yeah, there's, there's, any, yeah, there's, there's no one. songs yeah. from the second record. And then a bunch of songs from, from this record going forward. So I think even Peter Gabriel kind of considers this album, this third album, is kind of like his starting point. His starting yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, you know, he barely plays any songs from the first two records ever on his live tours. And um, most of his greatest hits kind of ignore these two records. And 
I think the third record is kind of what we consider, even as Peter Gabriel fans, like this is where we start. Like yeah. this is where yeah. the good stuff starts happening. Um, so two years after he releases that record, he releases his final self-titled record, also called Peter Gabriel, uh, in 1982. And this one actually has his first like bonafide radio hit on it, which is called Shock the Monkey. It's not exactly my favorite <laughs> Peter Gabriel song. I think it's it's I think it's one of his sillier, you know, sounding and lyrically songs. But it was you know a, a pretty big hit. It's a pretty good radio staple. I think you know you can you can hear it sometimes today on like classic radios, like classic rock radio. Um, so yeah, and he, he he's he's getting to the point now where he's doing pretty big tours, you know, on his own. He's probably he's probably at this point playing places that are as big or even bigger than the places that Genesis was playing when he was in, you know, in that group. And and should and we should mention ignoring oh, yeah. the Genesis output entirely. Yeah. So it's not like he's touring behind like I'm the former frontman of yeah. Genesis. He's this entire time he's just trying to to be his own person. Yeah. Which might lend a lot of insight into why I continually keep naming my albums Peter Gabriel. Because <laughs> um, when this album comes out in the U.S., you can find it here as security because yeah. the label was pretty much just like, we've had enough of you just, yeah. just calling no. everything Peter Gabriel. and not, <laughs> like we, we do need to market this thing somehow. Um, so it becomes kind of a funny joke. And um, when he releases what is his biggest commercial success and and probably critical success as far as most people are concerned um comes out with so in 1986 yeah um so this this kind of sets a, a couple of different trends for peter gabriel which is he he, he finally decides like okay i'll name my albums but i'm just gonna use two letter titles yep <laughs> <laughs> um but also him taking a lot more time between um albums spending a lot more time developing writing yeah um so i i think one of the things that he might have realized in um writing his own material was i need to take more time with this because um when i'm rushing it you know maybe maybe it doesn't sound like me or I, i don't feel confident enough about this material like it it takes me time to figure out what I sound like or what I want an album to sound like. Right, yeah, because between uh, the fourth self-titled album uh, and the fifth album, so you've got a four-year gap, which at that point in time was the longest gap that he'd taken between records. So you can only imagine that the... the time it took to develop these songs was so long that he that's how long it takes for Peter Gabriel to work. He's like, it takes me years to put this together. And when he did take those years, he, he his product was so, which like you said, is easily his biggest record and one of the biggest records of the 80s. You know, I mean, I don't know as far as sales go, if it's one of the biggest sellers, but I feel yeah, like it, it's, it's, up, it, yeah, it's, it's up an there. iconic yeah. record of that time. I feel like the album cover and then obviously the biggest hit off of the album, In Your Eyes. Complete your eyes. 
I feel like that is, you know, that's one of the most identifiable songs of of the. It's, well, I mean, it's hard to even call it. I mean, you had Sledgehammer on there too. Yeah, totally. Um, Red Rain, yeah, Big Time. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a ton of. Don't give up. You yeah. know, like yeah. A lot, I mean, the, the album is just filled with iconic Peter Gabriel tracks and iconic sounds of of that time period. So, uh, so yeah, album was huge. So then he realizes, like, oh, if I take a lot of time. I create really good records. So yeah, then- <laughs> and you can, and you can, if you go back to so, um, there was just a re-release of it um, with some like demo tracks and listening to something like that that you know, like Sledgehammer, that is so identifiable. Like I, I would recommend you go back and listen to like the demo version that he um, took, like a uh, several different demos and kind of morphed it to to show the the long progression to get to the song that you know today. Yeah, so I, I think we I think we should I think we should actually play it. I think we should should give an idea. Yeah, like, you need to, you need to why hear this is this. So this is why <laughs> it takes so long for Peter Gabriel to create records nowadays. So so this we're gonna play a clip from this is Peter Gabriel's demo version of Sledgehammer as released on the so the most recent so re-release album. Okay, so clearly <laughs> it's a little rough, <laughs> but it, but it gives you good insight into the process he has, which is like I'm I'm gonna work with some kind of sound, I'm gonna add some kind of vocal, like and just and just kind of let things gestate and and work themselves out. Yeah, and at this point too, he surrounded himself with a group of musicians that consistently play with him on on album after album david rhodes on guitar tony levin on bass um manukachi on drums where he he feels comfortable with these people and it gives him kind of the the time and i i think confidence in working with these other people that you know maybe if you're bringing in other session musicians you know someone might sit there and be like this guy has no idea what yeah what he's doing or what he wants so you know th- there's something to be said for working with the the same you know, group of people without it being a, a, a band per se. Yeah, I feel like it, it must be difficult. I mean, especially listening to this Sledgehammer, this rough track. I mean, I would be embarrassed to show this to somebody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would be embarrassed to show this out. You know, this this that demo to somebody and be like, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> you know, because because <laughs> I feel like people would look at me like I'm crazy. But you know, Peter Gabriel probably has. You know, he's developed these deep connections with these players. Um, he probably felt confident enough. He'd be like Tony, like. You know, this is this is what I got working on, and Tony's probably nodding his head and is like, "Okay, we're 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 gonna work on this," yeah. <laughs> you know. And and sure enough, what you know, so so let's just play Sledgehammer now, as as most people have heard it. And if you haven't heard Sledgehammer, this is what that demo we played earlier came out to be. So yeah, there's a big difference there. <laughs> like I, I feel like 
um, a, f- a few tweaks were made to the <laughs> so i i feel like peter gabriel is 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 developing his sound with these other people but it, like like we said it just takes him a lot of time you know he's got to really figure out like all the different intricate parts and he's got to bring all these players together and then kind of conduct them in a way and 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 that just that just takes time yeah and it's also important to mention he um around this time and in the 80s becomes a big advocate for world music um starts like a world music festival uh, a record label real world where he brings in world musicians um to distribute their music to other parts of the world so that's another thing that he's kind of working on is i'm hearing all these different sounds from across the globe um not only am i bringing them to people as you know the musicians as their their own um their own thing but i'm also learning things from them and trying to incorporate some of what they're doing and i'm inspired by that and i'm interested to know more about you know this particular instrument or this kind of style of music that i've never heard before so that's another thing i, th- I think that's kind of he's working on that's yeah. just adding to how long it takes him to figure out what something should sound like or what he wants it to sound like. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like like Peter Gabriel's entire career is a work in progress. Like it's like he never really finds his sound and sticks with it. He's like I am continuously discovering more and more about the sounds that I want to use and the, the way I want to write and how I want to express myself and and all that. It's like he's just continually doing this over and over again. So so after so, you know, he does it, it's huge album, huge hits, huge tour, he, you know, sends sends his career to the stratosphere. Um now now I would assume he's probably playing bigger places than he's ever played with Genesis on his own. And Genesis is, we should is, mention, is, also <laughs> is, is still a band at this time and this entire time that his solo career is happening. Genesis is also doing their own thing um, and and also hugely successful yeah, yeah, now yeah. with, with also, Phil Collins yeah. as the front man. So, so yeah, it, it's kind of interesting that Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis and then slowly develops this huge career that's now just as big um, as, as what Genesis is doing. So he takes a huge break. Well, not really a break. Yeah. Yeah, he he works on a soundtrack um, called for a Martin Scorsese movie, Last Temptation of Christ. Um, again, incorporating those like different world sounds and in, into the soundtrack, um, and then eventually gets to 1992's Us. With Us, which came out in 1992, uh, about six years after so, uh, there was a lot of, um, I feel like there was a lot of expectation on this, you know, like he had released So and So had been so huge for the 80s and now he's in a a totally new decade with the 90s and he hasn't released a a record, you know, a, a solo, you know, studio album that's, you know, in, in the same vein as his other yeah, albums yeah. Uh, since then. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like the record label, uh, the, 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 the fans and, um, you know, the, the music industry in general, they were really pumped for, for us. And I, I don't think it was what they were expecting. No, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you, you, you've probably heard um, the big track on this album, Steam, um, which is at least somewhat in, in, a similar vein of some of what was on. So, um, but the rest of the 
most of the album is is not at all yeah um it's it's a a breakup album and also kind of also a hopeful album you know hopeful about you know new relationships in the future um but yeah it marks this like really stark contrast between so which is um even in in its darker moments uh, a pretty upbeat album um this one yeah it gets a little bit darker um I don't know how to describe it to I people. Think, I think it's 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 fair. It's it's kind of uneven. Like it's kind of I don't know. I mean, it's cohesive in the fact that it's got a lot of the same themes and it and it talks a lot. But 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 I feel like there's there's some songs on it that are extremely poppy and 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 melodic and and whatever. And then there's these these darker, weirder songs kind of mixed in there. And um and like you said, yeah, I think I think the theme of the record as being like a breakup record, um, you know, is different than so. So is not a breakup record. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really attack those kinds of themes. And I think that if anybody who is a who's kind of a casual Peter Gabriel fan in the eighties who really likes so and likes Sledgehammer and Big Time and in your eyes, whatever, if they were to get us after just hearing those tracks and just loving those things and not also loving his previous stuff, I feel like they would be kind of of thrown off a little bit but um but we love it we think it's yeah, a great yeah. record and and whatever but uh record was was not huge uh it didn't sell nearly as well so his tour was very ex- yeah, successful yeah. because everyone was so i mean re- we, we say this relative to, to, yeah. to what so what yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like if you hit something as big as so it's kind of hard to follow that up with something bigger so you know whatever um but anyway after 1992 and 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 us and the tour that followed that and 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 all that uh he takes a little time off and then he starts recording the follow-up in 1995 which is ends up being up but he starts recording it in 1995 but if you remember at the top of the episode we said that the album didn't come out until 2002 so i'm no math whiz but that's seven (laughs) years of recording um uh and and development for for this album and and that's where we find ourselves today talking about sky blue off of that album 2002's up We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. So Peter Gabriel puts out Up in 2002, hasn't had an album in seven years, so entirely different world this album is coming out into. Um, And despite its title Up, it's kind of a little bit of a downer of an album. (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, it's dark. I mean, the first... Song the, the first is song darkness. is called Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is all about like, you know, inner demons and inner fears. Um, so it, it the the first single on this is uh, Barry Williams Show. It's, it's this kind of 
parody of like it, garbage it, talk shows like the Jerry Springer show like it, it's in that in that style but has has kind of the horns and stuff that you were familiar with if you've heard like sledgehammer and steam so it's it's interesting that they tried to to hook people by being like no it's the same old peter gabriel like listen to this song <laughs> but i mean even that song goes into like some yeah some it goes dark into some dark places. places yeah um especially and if you if you take the time to to watch the music video uh which is brilliant um yeah, which is cool you know video. is yeah. is this fake talk show and 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 it's it goes in some some pretty you know dark territory and uh and it's it's cynical and uh sarcastic and um very it's very peter gabriel in a lot of ways um but it sounds nothing like the rest of the record it almost feels like the label like like you know drove some money up to his co- to his house and was like peter you have to put a song on up that is not super dark and depressing and he's like all right i got this one here called barry williams show let's put this on there you know <laughs> Um, but, but most of, I mean, most of what they tried to pick for singles off this album were some of the more upbeat ones. So it's funny to me that um, the 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 song we're talking about today, "Sky Blue," is this gorgeous song. Yeah, it seems funny that no one thought of it as as a single. And well, I I, 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 I think it's I think it's too slow. Um, I think it's like kind of slow moving. It kind of takes a, it's a you know. I mean, a lot of the songs on this record are, are really long. Um, yeah, I mean that might explain yeah. a, a lot of the issue as well. Is yeah. like n- not only does Peter Gabriel take a long time to write songs, clearly he he has issues with editing them down to a radio, <laughs> a more radio friendly <laughs> format. Yeah, I mean, as an example, Sky Blue is is six minutes and thirty seven seconds long, and that's kind of that's kind of the the average length of of each track on the album. There's some longer ones and some shorter ones, but most of them yeah, break, it's like break, six minutes. Yeah, yeah, break the six minute mark. So I mean, that's that's a long time. That's an eternity in pop song. I mean, even Bohemian Rhapsody isn't that long. I don't think so. I mean, it's like you know, it, they're really long. So I think that he, I think that at this point, Peter Gabriel's just like you know, I've had my success. I've I've done my big thing. I I'm only just gonna want to do the things that I want to do and. And if if my album is really long, then my album's really long. And if it's really dark and doesn't have any radio friendly singles on it, well, that's too bad. Like I think he just kind of knows he's at a point now in his life where he can just, you know, like we said earlier, continuously refine his own sound and and discover who he is as a musical artist. Yeah, it would probably be pretty worrisome if <laughs> he tried to be like, I'm going to recapture the glory <laughs> that I had with so and you know c- coming out with with this album. But yeah, I mean, he's in a different place in his life entirely and yeah. i think you know part of this album uh reflects that where it's you know kind of like what what is the world i'm in now you know with things like barry williams show um and also where have i been and and where am i going and i think sky blue is you know one, one of the songs that really thinks about that Warm wind blowing over the earth sky So uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about about Sky Blue here, and um, uh, but I think that it's really important that we start off with 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 Peter Gabriel's own words about this song. So on the tour that that uh, the, the massive massive world tour that happened uh, to promote Up, um, P- 
Peter Gabriel tells little stories in between. And for most of the songs, he introduces them with a little, you know, just a little anecdote of some kind. But for this song, he actually took some time to to give an explanation about how long the song took to gestate and how long it took to to develop from from beginning to end. And uh, so we're going to play a clip right now. This is Peter Gabriel on tour for Up uh, explaining uh, Sky Blue right before he performs it live. When you write a song, sometimes... They just fall out of the air and land on your lap. This was not one of those. This song took years to finish, but it was when we actually recorded some amazing voices on the end chorus that I got the old shivers down the spine and I knew that it was finally complete. This is Sky Blue. So, as, as, as you heard, it, he, it's... The song took a really long time, and he didn't think it was done until he heard the voices of the Blind Boys of Alabama, who are a, um, a, a an artist that's on Real World Records, which is his uh, his his music label that he created for for world artists. And uh, the the Blind Boys of Alabama are very old <laughs> and uh, all blind, and um, and have this very soulful um, singing sound and. Uh, and actually were the one of the opening acts on this up tour. They would come out and do, I think they did like three or four, five or six. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel short, like it was like a, yeah, a 20, 30 yeah, minute set. Yeah. yeah, and they just, you know, did that that kind of thing. And then um, and they would leave the stage and then Peter Gabriel came out and he did his, and then, and then in this song, the um, it's really amazing if you can go on YouTube and find you know find the track this live song uh, this live uh, video from, yeah on the story yeah, yeah so in the middle of the song um, you know the Blind Boys of Alabama eventually come in and when they did at the tour they actually rose out of the floor and started doing this vocal intonation and 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 it it puts so much focus on this one aspect of Sky Blue and it really really shines a light on the fact that what Peter Gabriel was saying about how the song wasn't done until he heard these voices on it it he really believes that because he made it so that these these he he played the song and he I don't think he's played the song without them. I think that once, yeah, yeah, I, once, I, once he wasn't touring with the Blind Boys of Alabama, the he cut head, the yeah. song from the set because he was like, "No, we can't do the song without them being there." And um, so, yeah, it, it really gives you an idea of like how specific and exacting Peter Gabriel is when it comes to when a song is actually completed. So Sky Blue is 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 a good representation of the kind of like lyrical stuff that we see see from Peter Gabriel. Um, it's 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 metaphorical um, and and slightly poetic, but still extremely accessible. Uh, Peter Gabriel is not the kind of lyricist who writes really vague kind of artsy language to. Um, you know that you have to kind of decipher it's it's usually pretty clear what he's trying to get across and with sky blue um he's talking about like traveling exhaustion but also like a longing to continue to see various things and to feel various things and and just like an overall like 
n- noticing the small things and and noticing the beauty in in those things. And I think that it's a theme that we kind of that that Peter Gabriel kind of touches on a, a couple times on this album, as well as in his his entire career. Um, for example, uh, with like more than this, he talks about how you know he's driving in a car and he looks out and he can see what's going on around him, the reality of what's going around him in the car, but he he knows that outside of the car is a whole world that he can't see. And I think that we kind of touch on a lot of different themes in in his music with that, but. But the overall thing with, with the lyrics is, is that it's 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 pretty straightforward what he's trying to get across really easily. Like, for example, in one of the verses here, he says, train pulled out, said my goodbyes, sky blue, back on the road, alone with the sky, sky blue. There's a presence here. No one denies sky blue. Like, I get exactly what you're trying to get across, <laughs> Peter Gabriel, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it, you had mentioned his songwriting is one of the interesting things that changed from the the genesis days and certainly um from those those first few solo albums is he he tends to get more general and i think it helps kind of as a listener understand more of like he he tries to kind of like share an experience or an idea with you before he was trying harder i think to tell you a specific story yeah um with like here's these here's these characters here's what's going on um, I'm going to tell you specifically what, you know, what is happening. And yeah, I feel like with the solo stuff and especially as time goes on and, and especially with, um, a song like this, it's, it sounds as expansive as sky blue where he's just like, you, you know, having this feeling of sitting and kind of daydreaming, thinking about days that have gone by, thinking about what's to come. And I think that's what he encapsulates in in the song where um it starts out lost my time lost my place in sky blue uh those two blue eyes light your face in sky blue so just you know kind of very very daydreaming yeah um and thinking but still thinking about someone specifically whether it's you know someone i'm i'm anxious to see and i'm excited to see um or somebody that maybe i haven't seen in, in a long time and yeah. i miss right yeah um and, and i think that's one of the things i like about the song is it, it the the timing or you know whether you're looking back or looking forward you know there maybe there's not as much of a difference as we you know tend to think sometimes yeah I, I think he's kind of finding that 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 gray that gray spot you know that gray area between you know remembrance and and living right now and looking forward and and just like that that weird state of flux that that we as people tend to find ourselves in 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 our lives especially especially at moments where where you're kind of going through something big you know like i feel like with with the previous album us you know he was going through this you know this this divorce and or or breakup or or whatever i i, I think it was yeah i'm not sure the timing on yeah, things, but, but it's like yeah he had been divorced i think a few years previously and, yeah. and had some relationship that also ended and, but yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah so so you're, you're you know at, the, at those moments in your life when you're going through some sort of significant change like you can tell that there's a change happening but you can't really you you don't have the, the the gift of hindsight yet to like look back on it properly because you're you're in it you know and so it's like you're kind of simultaneously like imagining like how is this going to affect my life in the future what's going on right now and I'm also missing or thinking about something in the past all at the same time and I think that this song is kind of a representation of that of that little time period where you're not really sure where you are you know but you know where you are is like where you're supposed to be at that point in time you know yeah and just how hard it is sometimes to just be present yeah um and i and i think a lot of it you know refers to 
um, you know, his, his career where he's, you know, on the one hand, he's like so tired of all this traveling so many miles from home. But at the same time, I keep moving to be stable. Like it's what, you know, I, I long to be somewhere yeah. and, and have that stability, whatever that might be, whether it's, you know, family or just a, a sense of home. But on the other hand, it's like I'm I'm a musician. I've been touring. I'm constantly, you know, on the move. And sometimes that's what helps keep me more balanced. Right. Um, so I think there's also that part of the song. And that's probably kind of similar to all of us where it's like on the one hand we you know ho- hopefully enjoy our homes and and the life that we have there but also sometimes you know want to like go out and explore and and do new things and um especially at this kind of moment in Peter Gabriel's life where um recently having um a young son and kind of starting that whole family thing over again yeah i'm sure he's kind of reflecting on like what 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 was what was it like the first time you know I was you know married and raising kids and now I'm in this other relationship and things are kind of starting over again and and who am I I know I'm not the same person like what you know what what is that situation like and you mentioned you know these big life changing moments is like I know I'm in this life changing moment where on the one hand my career is kind of taking off again because I'm putting out this album I know I'm going to go on tour but at the same rate I'm not the same person and I kind of want to be this this family guy yeah yeah um and we can we can sort of see that uh in the tour itself because uh he it was his first first tour with his his daughter uh Melanie Gabriel who also sings back up on this on this track on on the album itself and then sang back up vocals uh for the for the entire tour as well um you know kind of like bringing bringing the family along kind of thing so um yeah i think i think there's there's a lot going on in in this song and and i think that the end of the song the the final the final uh uh lines of the song are actually what kind of bring it all together into like this emotional encapsulation which is i can hear the same voice calling crying out from my heart and that cry what a cry it's going to be if i can stop to let it out and i think that he's like you were saying, like perpetually moving and, and going forward and, 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 and at some point he's going to stop and he's going to sort of like let it all out, collapse, kind of just like burst, you know, and, and he's like, that's going to be, that's going to be worth it. Like I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to keep moving forward. And then eventually I'm going to have everything just kind of go out and it's going to be, you know, awesome and amazing and beautiful and all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what, it's he seems to tend to do with his music it's yeah. just like i i bottle up these things i carry them with me i'm continually working on them you know they're sitting in the back of my head i'm trying to you know get them out to my fingers on piano <laughs> you know i'm trying to get it out any way i can and eventually you know i i do it and it's this pretty joyous experience when i'm finally able to you know express myself that way and that's why i think it's so beautiful about this song cuz he's like e- even even for some some things that I have in my head or what I want to say, I'm perhaps not even the best vehicle for like sharing that emotion. So I think bringing you know Blind Boys of Alabama in here to to be that expression kind of speaks to something really interesting about Peter Gabriel by kind of having a chance to step back and be like, it's not going to be my cry. It's going to be someone else that expresses that emotion or that idea better than than even I can. And, and I think there's 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 something interesting about that as Peter Gabriel as conductor. 
think about Peter Gabriel and I think about this song, um, it makes me really wonder. Uh, I, I guess in doing this episode, it's it's made me kind of deconstruct a little bit what makes Peter Gabriel so interesting for me. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 hard to explain to someone, and that's kind of why I like the song and the whole like Flying Boys of Alabama outro is is yeah sometimes i can't explain or i'm not quite able to articulate what it is um but i think the the one thing that always draws me to peter gabriel is this sense of experimentation like you just need to try something you don't know if it's going to work or not it might be a failure or people might laugh at you or think it's silly um and i think that's why i like peter gabriel so much is that just fearlessness of i'm doing the song i'm all in people might not get it but i'm not gonna let that concern me like sometimes i'll do something it'll be a fantastic hit but i don't feel the need to be a people pleaser like i'm trying to figure out things for myself and and i need to do something that's honest for me and something that that i'm proud of and i feel like this song really kind of makes you take a step back and think about that. Um, I had been on um, a road trip with a friend of mine who has since passed away. Um, and, and I think the song kind of makes me think of that when you're just like riding in a car, looking out over, you know, expanses of land, um, you know, under sky blue. Um, it just kind of makes you think about really what your place is in the world and, you know, where you're going and where you're headed. Um, and especially being here now with someone who's who's no longer here and I can't kind of uh, talk about that experience with. I think that song kind of makes me um, think of that sometimes too where um, this is very much a song about when you're alone mm, and, and about yeah. and about what what do you think about when you're when you're sitting alone um, and uh, I, I don't know it's just a kind of an emotional song for me where um just thinking about the the course that my life has taken where you mentioned you know being being in these changing moments where you know you you don't have the gift of hindsight of being able to be like okay that's what all this meant um but you don't know where you're going to end up and being like okay i can you know latch on to this and i'm excited for this um so yeah i i think the song just kind of makes you think about the strange trajectory that life takes and, and i feel like the song is kind of a peaceful ode to that it's kind of like almost a a, a meditation on that like kind of take a moment and just think about like how beautiful that experience is and how nice that feeling is it can be very uneasy and anxious and you don't quite know where you're going or how things are going to turn out but just kind of be okay in, in the moment and ready to sort of you know embrace whatever comes next and you know, it, it's it'll be something overwhelming. It'll make you cry out, but it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, a cry of pain or, or anguish. And I feel like in this song, you know, the cry is kind of like this beautiful, joyous, you know, e- expression. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's that's great. Like, I, I know I know that um, whenever I hear this song, I definitely get a feeling of like 
like like like a like a settling in you know like i mean like we said it's it's a long song and when it first starts and you hear that you know this like this like rumbly bass note or whatever and it slowly builds up until peter gabriel's vocals come in like i i i feel like i'm settling in like i'm like i'm being taken on a trip right now into peter gabriel world and um and you were saying it's hard for you to explain why you love peter gabriel so much and i feel like that's that's why I do. Like, I feel like I really, it, it's so rare that I hear a song or an album that, like, it, it, that I have to sit down. Like, I actually have to sit down and listen to it. It's not something you can just play in the background. It's not something you can just sort of pop on and hum along with because it's got a good tune. It's like something that you actually have to, like, it's like meat, you know, it's like yeah. meaty. It's like, there's a lot going on here. You know, I mean, like, you know, obviously we, we talk a lot about music, um, in these episodes or whatever, but I feel like we could talk, I mean, the two of us could talk about Peter Gabriel all day like, <laughs> and, and just constantly come back to certain things about like how it makes us feel like it's just, it, it, it makes you feel like you're, you're being taken on these journeys with him. And, and he's like, like you said, like he's 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 being courageous and and doing what he wants and 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 figuring out what he wants to do without you know regard for how it's going to affect his career and how it's going to sound. He's just like, no, I'm gonna do this experimentation and and try and do this this new thing or whatever. Um, but he's taking us along for the ride and he's he's making sure that we're enjoying ourselves, you know. And uh, that that kind of what is what, what brings it around to, to why I, I feel so connected to this song is because. Um, when um, I saw Peter Gabriel on the Us tour, which is in 1992, um, and I was nine years old. So, I mean, like, you know, I remember it, but I don't really remember, remember it. Um, and then, you know, he didn't do any big tours uh, after that until until Up came out. Um, and so when I finally got to see him again on this Up tour, I, I, I was like, I have to see him. And I have to see him as many times as I possibly can because... You know who knows if he's going to do this again, and I know this is going to be a big tour. And and you and I saw it, and I, I saw it with my dad. Um, I, I think I ended up seeing him like three times. Yeah, I know. I went in a couple. With, with yeah, a few we, we definitely. Yeah. yeah, we definitely went multiple times. And um, and when this song, this song is definitely a highlight from the whole set. And uh, you know, there's a lot of beautiful theatrical stuff happening on on you know on the show. Uh, you know, the, the band turns upside down at one point. Peter Gabriel runs around in a hamster ball, like rides a bicycle. <laughs> around the stage like you know there's a lot of stuff going on on this on the stage show um but yeah when when those in the middle of the song when the blind boys of alabama came up out of the floor and like the first time i didn't expect it i the first time i was like oh you know he's just gonna do the song yeah, but yeah. then they, you know they come up out of the bottom of the floor and i was just like wow like what a show like this is a show you know and i i I feel I feel like looking back on that moment and 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 listening to this song constantly brings me this like overwhelming satisfaction and joy of like just life like just like this just makes me feel good you know and uh, and it's not really like a happy song like I guess it's not an unhappy song it's you know it's an, an ex it's an expressive song and and it's it's very musical and, and beautiful in, in in many different ways but um but yeah I just I listen to it and I just think to myself like wow like this is awesome. <laughs> this is amazing, you know? And, uh, and so few, so few songs do that, you know, so few songs really take you to that place. And, uh, this song in particular, I think really does that. Thank you for listening to this episode of skipped on shuffle. Be sure to visit our webpage at skippedonshuffle.com where we have a blog and links to our social media 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also a YouTube page where we perform the songs that we discuss in these episodes. We are trying our best to keep Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free podcast. So if you are interested in helping to support that, please visit our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Any donations that come there could go straight to keeping uh, Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free experience and go straight to paying for the various costs that are associated with running this podcast.